For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Dirt Talk Monday edition, technically the second Monday edition of the year, but the First one we've actually recorded in 2022. Yes. The one... The one, little awkward. The first yeah. one came out today. Yes. Today's Monday. And we kind of set it up as if we were already in 22 on that one. Yeah. No, we actually are. So now it's less awkward. We're so silly. Mm-hmm. We are so silly. A couple jokesters. A couple hucksters. Oh, you know? yeah. Just bamboozling everybody. <laughs> gotcha, A lot of malarkey on this podcast. Yeah. You know? oh, good grief. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're super excited to be back. This is the first day we've been back of the year. Mm-hmm. We are a lazy creative business, so we take two weeks off at Christmas. Well, you know, just because like the work we do is like so easy, and yeah, um, we don't do a whole lot. You know, we just do it mostly for fun. Yeah, and so we're like, ah, I'm kind of tired of just like having fun, and so um, it just wears you out. It was really nice though because. The Dirt World companies are obviously still operating, so I was able to go visit a few of them while I was on break. Nice, nice, yeah, nice. I got to see some cool stuff. I definitely got some emails um, over over our break that I, you know, I took care of because I'm I'm a responsible build with team member. Yeah, sure. Um, I just did that for the love of the game. You yeah, know? yeah. No, um, I mean, we still had we still had episodes all break, mm-hmm. so we weren't doing them. We but, sure did. Yeah. Well, I'm excited, excited to be here. We've got some big plans. Do we ever? Eventually, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, we're just going to be super annoying. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of cringy for us too. Yeah, um, everybody's like, "All right, I'm I'm tired of this show. I'm I've, gonna go listen to Joe Rogan." I've been setting up a guest or two that is uh, once like the stuff we want to talk about is out in the air that we're gonna like set that process on fire and be like, y'all want to talk about it? We're talking about it. Yeah. The, the, the Isaac would be good to have back on. Hmm? Isaac Barlow. Oh busy, yeah, yeah, busy, yeah. Busy. Okay. Yeah. I had him on once. He was great. Yeah. I remember this episode. Yeah. It was pre me. Pre you. That was when I was chilling by myself in my apartment mm-hmm. with a podcast machine. Podcast machine. That's what they call it. Yes. Podcast machine. Hit the button and well, but I did that Q&A episode all by myself without your help. You did. Well, without your help. I didn't edit it. So I, I needed some editing help. But I was able to still figure out how to podcast without To be fair, I wasn't in the state. If I was here, I would have come, made it happen. 
Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I know. Like that. Yeah. I wanted to set you up so you you could say that too. You're like, no, I wouldn't. I would never do that. No, yeah. no. Of course, no. I. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't think of it. <laughs> Anywho, enough about us. This is Dirt Talk Monday edition. Yeah. Um. You. So where all did you travel over the holidays? Because you went to a couple of places. Arizona, for I sure. I went to Arizona. Yeah, to go see my parents mm-hmm. and my siblings, my brother and my sister. They're all, well, not all, but my parents are in Phoenix. So I went to Phoenix. Um, I got hooked up with going out to see Rummel. They were moving dirt at the old Caterpillar Proving Grounds, which was very, very unique. Um, it was where Caterpillar tested machines for something like 50 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, pretty far away from Phoenix out up against the mountains. Sure. And then Phoenix started to, and Buckeye started to encroach on Caterpillar. So Caterpillar's like, hey, we, let's go somewhere that we're not going to be encroached upon. And so that's where they ended up at Tanaha, like right by the Sierra mine mm-hmm. in kind of Green Valley area, south of Tucson. Sure. And then this company called DMB bought, I think it was the- Dave Matthews Band? Yes. Dave Matthews Band bought, I think it was about 9,000 acres out there. Wow. To develop into this weird utopia called Verado. So you're just driving, you're driving, driving, you're kind of nowhere. And then there's this just like big trees everywhere and parks and fountains. And Interesting. It's super, it's really nice. Is it a city? Or- <sighs> Resort? Do people live there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's this it's this master plan community. Okay. And it has everything. You don't you don't there's schools, fire, fire stations, grocery stores, there's everything there. So in theory, I don't think you ever have to leave Verado if you don't want to. Everything can happen in there. So I worked there in 2015 when I was with a company called Markham. I was doing water lines or 2014. I was backfilling water lines out there. It was Sick. With Sounds a, really fun. A jumping jack every day. <laughs> and that was an earlier phase that's completely unrecognizable now. This is the very, very back of Verado that sure. they're developing. So Caterpillar put all of this dirt up against the mountain that needs to be removed. And there was this old quarry that they were operating out of, and that all needs to be filled in. So Rummel is back there. They're with their uh, 374, brand new next-gen 374, first one I'd seen up on a hill, overlooking all Phoenix, loading out articulated trucks. And then uh, they're bringing in 657s, which are probably already there and probably already done at this point to remove a bulk of the dirt. And then they'll turn it into house pads and you're in business. So that was super cool. And then I got to see Rango out at the the copper mine I've been going out to every Mm -hmm. few months. So it's cool to see their progress. They were digging with their new next gen 395 which is the first one I've seen actually hogging, which was very cool. Oh, nice. Yes. And then I went to Savannah, Georgia for fun. For fun. Who'd you go to Savannah with? Uh, just a friend of mine. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, you went to bed at like nine o'clock on New Year's Eve. It is the superior way to do New Year's <laughs> Eve, I've decided. Turns out. I woke up. I was feeling great. I was well rested. I wasn't hung over. I didn't feel like an absolute dumpster fire. It was awesome. I was productive. I went for an early morning walk. I, I exercised. I had a nice hearty breakfast, got a cup of coffee. 
And that was that. I also went to Bucky's. Bucky's, man. Yeah. We, can, we should do a whole episode on Bucky's. Um, <laughs> Dirt Talk, Bucky's edition. Bucky's edition. Not sponsored by Bucky's. We're just here to talk about Bucky's. <laughs> we just love it. So. Well, I've been waiting for Eric Jumper. Eric Jumper has teased a few times that he's going to do a gas station bracket. And that dude loves gas station food. And I am about to do it for him because that would be, that's important consumer research. Very, very important consumer research is a gas station bracket. So you take Wawa and 7-Eleven and Thornton's and- Sheets. Sheets. <laughs> don't get Eric started about <laughs> Sheets. And, and Bucky's and you let them all duke it out mm-hmm. and see which one comes out up on top. That, that is making the dirt world a better place. I will say the thing about Bucky's is that you can go and get yourself a kolache or- um, your beef jerky. You can also buy like a um, Traeger pellet grill if you want, or <laughs> and, like and your, a, your Bucky's merch and or whatever a you want. Duck blind, or <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very unique from a gas station perspective. Well, well you you know you you, you want to go in you, you your diesel fuel, you get your Slurpee, mm-hmm. you get your beef jerky, and you get your duck blind. What else do you need? One stop shop. Okay. <laughs> It's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, Lord. Um, and, and this one was unbelievably slammed. Which one did you go to? This was north of Atlanta. So kind of a newer one. Big deal. Big deal. There's two between Atlanta and like Birmingham. There's one that's yeah, like... there's one south of Atlanta, one north of Atlanta. Yeah, we okay. went to north of Atlanta. Nice. But I, I kid you not, if you've been to a Bucky's, you know how many pumps they have? It was all full. <laughs> it was it all was full. Nuts. It's crazy. Well, it's also sort of a... Bucky's has like the... Kind of a destination a little bit. People yeah. were like, oh, well, we're going to hold off a couple of exits because there's a Bucky's. Oh, that's... And that's exactly what we did. So It's the point, I we guess. We held off them. like two hours. <laughs> it's, it's I either go to this garbage Chevron or I go to Bucky's. Mm, easy decision. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I feel you. Um, have you ever been to... So you went to Savannah. Have you ever been to Charleston? I went there for the first time a few months ago. Which one do you prefer? Because I feel like there are a lot of people who like, if they love one, they definitely pick it over the other. I they kind of are in the same vibe. Totally Team Savannah. Really? Without uh, unquestionable. In, in fairness, I didn't spend a lot of time in Charleston, but I toured the town sure. and spent a lot of time getting to see it and this and that. I, I don't know, man. Savannah is, is where it's at for me. Sure. But, and I tell people that and they're like, what? Charleston's way better. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. People are one way or the other about this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I have the soft spot for Savannah. I don't know what it is, but I, I'm in love with that place. I will say less than five years ago, I would not have believed you when you said that Georgia has beaches. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I've never been up the East Coast in that way. And so when I think about it, I'm like, oh, well, doesn't, doesn't Georgia, like, aren't they next to Alabama? Which Alabama has beaches well, too. Well, yeah, yeah. But, but you tell people, but where have you been to the up, beaches in Alabama? And everyone's yeah. like, oh, they don't have beaches. Got some oh, good beaches no, in no, Alabama. No. They have Gulf Shores, mister. And mm-hmm. Gulf Shores is sweet. Yeah, Orange Beach, all that. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Um, anywho. Charleston, Savannah, both cool. Yeah. You and know? then first trip of the year officially is to the Middle East. Sick. Mm-hmm. 
Not the Midwest. The Middle East. The Middle East. Yeah. Yes. Um, you're going to uh, Pennsylvania soon too, right? Or after Pennsylvania in at the end of the month, February. Oh, in February. Never mind. So I am. I am speaking of gas stations. Already fired up to go back to Pennsylvania because that means Wawa. Wawa. Yeah, and I have Florida at the end of this month into February. More Wawa, so I get Florida, and I get Pennsylvania. That's a lot of Wawa. Where in Pennsylvania are you? Wawa going? twice in February. Um. So. I have to go to Philadelphia and then Pottsville. Okay. I think it's Pottsville, not Pottstown. There's both of them. It's mm-hmm. by, it's kind of by Harrisburg. Sounds like a big place. No, no. It's, not it's, big. No, it's not. A, no, it's, it's a little out there. Sure. Well, we have a couple questions. Actually, I will say. You know, if you've been listening, Aaron did a Q and A podcast all by himself. Mentioned, mm. yeah. And um, I mean, we got like a hundred questions. It was crazy, Pretty and I fun. didn't even I didn't even touch most of them. Yeah, I mean, it when you sent me the audio, I mean, it was like a hundred minutes, mm-hmm. and maybe ten questions, maybe thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, I mean, not a ton. No. Um, so what's super fun is in addition to the questions that y'all, uh, email me, which I'm always very, very, very thankful for. Um, we have a nice little backlog of other folks who engage that way. So sick. Had a lot of kinds of questions. Um, all right, let me pull a question up. Pull a question number two. This question is from another Dirt Talk alumni, Mr. Pat Allen. The most listened oh. to episode of 2021, Pat, on the podcast. You Was it that. really? Well, to be fair, it's also one of the older ones. But still, he has the most listens from last year. Oh, what a disaster. Oh, Pat. Um, what a oof. I'm going to be a little nice to him because in this email, he says, good job, Alex, for taking the podcast out of the dumpster. <laughs> um, I see what he did there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Pat asks, I'd like to know more about the admission stuff in California. I hear of people dumping or repowering equipment to meet the standards. Like, I'm sure I could do some research and figure it out, but I'll make Aaron explain it for the few people that listen. Thank you, Pat. I, okay, so I am probably going to explain this all incorrectly, but I'm going to do my best. Well, yeah. One thing people need to understand, this is all our opinions and we cannot guarantee anything we ever say on this. Yeah. And I I have a lot of conversations with people. And so there's a lot of information that like a lot of wires just cross. And I think it's one thing. I'm like, no, I think it's the other. So. What the state of California did, and I probably, like I said, should do my research before I speak upon the subject, but what the state of California did was they decided that diesel engines are bad and they are destroying California. So what they did was they said that they are going to require every diesel engine to be highly emissions compliant by a certain date. I believe that date is 2023. I could be incorrect, but I believe it's 2023. By 2023, you won't be able to register an old diesel truck in the state of California, for example. And so that means you need to go essentially replace your whole fleet. And in California, there's a lot of older equipment all of heavy 
heavy equipment is diesel equipment. It's all diesel. So this has put contractors in quite the bind because they're already not making spectacular margins, but now they have to go replace sometimes their entire fleets to just become emissions compliant. It's quite crazy. But what happened was then they came out with this CARB program. I think it's CARB where they would pay you, they would buy your old machines if you were in certain areas and you qualified and, could, and you could go get new machines for those old machines. If you go took those old machines and scrapped them, you couldn't resell them. You had to go scrap them, I believe. Like get them off the market. Yeah, so they did financially help some people buy new machines. But a lot of contractors prefer these older machines like a Bemis in Colorado, for example, because the emissions stuff is a pain in the ass. And the emission stuff is very expensive to repair and is costly to repair and requires a goddamn laptop a lot of times. And CAT has to do it. You know, you can't have your technician do it or else you're voiding warranties. And then parts are unavailable and then your machine's down for forever. And out of all of the, hey, why is that machine down? Times I've, I've asked that question. It's probably a solid seven or eight out of 10 times, that's, oh, it's emissions. It's emissions. And so some contractors just don't want to deal with it. And so you either have contractors that are having to go. So there's a few different ways to slice it that I've seen. There's some contractors that have just said, I don't want to deal with it at all. I'm just going to go sell my whole spread at auction. I'm out. Like a guy called Ralph Mitzel, named Ralph Mitzel, he just sold all of his big old, old scrapers at auction. Uh, maybe last year or the year before. They didn't stay in California. They were all bought and then they, they're sent out of California. Because only California say, has these emissions yeah. requirements. Or you can go take your existing machines and go repower them using state money sometimes or your own money. And so a lot of the big scrapers are repowered now. So they'll have an existing old machine. They remove the old existing engines that are oftentimes perfectly fine and put in these new engines with these enormous emissions control systems on them. And then that's good to go. Or there's companies that are also just replacing their fleets, trading in old stuff and getting brand new stuff. And this all has to be done by 2023. I highly, highly, highly doubt contractors are actually compliant by 2023. I still see some of the spreads out there. There is no way in hell that they're just going to park up hundreds of scrapers and say, well, we didn't, didn't do it. Sorry, they're illegal now. It just it doesn't quite make sense. So that's my best poor explanation as far as the California emissions thing. I'm all for, I'm all for new equipment and emissions in this. It is quite amazing what they've been able to do. It's basically... The emissions comes into play where you have a traditional diesel engine and then it spits the smoke out traditionally, but then that's where the whole emissions thing comes into play. So you're using DEF, you're spraying ammonium into it to neutralize some things. You're putting it through a big filtration system, a diesel particulate filter. You're basically treating that exhaust so that it comes out ready for butterflies and, and rainbows yeah. right out of the machine. So if you're running a tier four final machine in 
LA, for example, the air coming out of it is cleaner than the air going in. Fun fact. Interesting. Yes. Um, I have a follow-up. And maybe this can be my weekly dumb question of the of the week of the day of the show. Other than the obvious, um, like the environmental lobby or whatever, who else like lobbies for for this uh, kind of regulation? Like, is it the manufacturers who are like, we want them to be buying new equipment? I, I, there, there is no way in hell that the manufacturers have not heavily lobbied for this. There is, there is no, no, no way. There mm-hmm. is so much money to be made. That's what I'm saying. In these new machines with all this new emissions technology that they are very incentivized to sell as many as they can and service as many as they can. So I get some dealers are probably just like, oh, this just, it just kind of worked out for us. You know, we, we didn't have anything to do with it, but the law is requiring it now and we're going to serve the law. I, I get that. That's business. That's okay. Hey, the law's changed and we're, we're not going to say, well, no, we're just not going to do it. That's not an option. But there is no way in hell that the OEMs haven't also been, haven't also been in Washington pushing and, and, and in Sacramento heavily pushing for this shit because they're the ones that benefit the most. Mm-hmm. You just, it's just the, the old adage of you just follow the money. Who's making the most money on this? It's the equipment manufacturers. Yeah. I just, I, you could not convince me that they haven't had anything to do with it. That they were just like, oh, well, bummer. The government now has required it. So we're just going to go do it. There's just something about the whole emissions thing doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. So in the, in the whole California thing, um, okay, yeah, we have cleaner equipment. That's great. A lot of comp- contractors have benefited. They have new equipment. They're pretty stoked now. But I've also talked to a lot of people that are like, I can barely afford to operate my business as is. And now I need to comply with this whole emissions thing. It's, I, I can't be doing this. I can't, now, now my, my truck is just completely worthless. This is, is this something that like work. would kill or could kill a lot of small businesses? Yeah, because they're the ones that can't really. That's what I'm saying. Spend the big bucks that a like a Sukit can on, you know, fleet replacement or like a Pete or an Independent. They've been turning scrapers over for years now, mm-hmm. but a scraper repower for a fifty-seven six fifty-seven is a half million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars to repower a machine. That's that's fine. That was it's already working, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. A half million bucks just to put two new engines in it. You're not getting a new machine. You're using the existing machine. It's going to, it's for anyone's like functional use. It's going to work the exact same. Exactly. It'll, it'll burn. It'll get better, better fuel economy. Sure. But in terms of like the operator being in there, I mean, it's still going to work the exact same. Essentially. In in terms of how they're using it. Yeah. Um, like I say, put fuel in it less. Maybe. Yeah, the the whole. I'm so conflicted on the whole emissions thing because it's good and oh yeah, I'm great. Like I'm all for it, but then also I see how many problems there are with emissions and how much downtime there is with with with. I mean, if I bought a machine with emissions on it, it's not. I don't. It's not perfectly legal, but I'd be deleting that thing because I don't. I would not want to have to deal with it. Just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking about like the companies that say that like you know they've they've been 
slowly building up their fleet. Say they maybe have 10 machines, but all of them either need to be sold or, um, like you said, repowered. I feel like companies like that can't begin to afford to, to become compliant. No. No. See, that's what's like tough. It's like, like you said, if, if you look at it from one perspective, it's like, yeah, we should um, cut down on like negative emissions into the atmosphere. You know, that could help with air pur- purity, whatever. But then there's the other issue. It's like this kind of stuff, especially in this kind of timeline, like hurts businesses in a way that is kind of messed up. Because like you're saying that the OEMs like benefit from this, obviously. And the larger, larger, larger companies, you know, can afford it. All the larger clearly. companies kind of benefit from it too. Cause it's like, well, we have the money to do this. And, and then you could make an, you can make an argument all different ways on this. You could argue that, well, they've known that this was coming for a lot of years now and they could have figured it out. So you can also make that argument of, well, I don't feel bad for them because they should have figured this shit out. But I don't know. I, it, it can go out. Of, and it's like, oh, wow. Maybe California should spend more time trying to figure out how to manage their wildfires and their forests a little bit better. Because I would argue that forest fires every year that are record setting continuously are probably worse for their air quality than scraper engines. I'm going out on a limb here, but I don't know, maybe manage your forests and utilize logging again because you, you got rid of that and hmm, it's it caused a few problems for you. So I don't know. I don't know. Tricky. I'm speaking like I'm, I'm so uninformed on this subject and I'm speaking out of my ass right now. I think one thing you and I um, do actually do well, no, or something you and I do well, jokes aside, is that I think we just try to like talk about the nuance of stuff that's weird. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like answer things. I mean, every once in a while, people would be like, Aaron, what's your favorite place to travel for your whatever? Which yeah. like, those are also interesting. There's always fun stories there. But I think like the more fruitful, interesting conversations are the ones where someone's like, Hey, what's, what's this about? Like, what does that look like to you when you're out well, traveling or whatever? To put it into perspective, the biggest operator of heavy equipment in California is the U S government. <laughs> Primarily the U S military. How many military machines are emissions compliant? None. They buy their brand new bulldozers without emissions because emissions doesn't work all the time and they need it to be reliable in combat. Fascinating. Really, really interesting stuff. Wow. So, so you guys aren't buying the emissions compliant equipment, but everybody else needs to. How do, because because it's not all that a, it, well, it's, it's not a federal law; <laughs> it's a state law. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I know what you mean? Yeah, but it's like wait, 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 wait. But you know, Cal Fire, for example, they're running dozers out there without emissions on it because hey, hey, we're going into fires. We can't have a dozer that might shit down on us, and we can't be ferrying death into the woods when we're trying to cut fire break. Oh yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. That's quite. Quite fascinating. There's some irony there that's, huh, Mm -hmm. that doesn't make a lot of sense. So you're saying that uh, sometimes the U.S. government can be kind of sleazy? 
there's just, ah, dude, there's just a little, there's a little foul play somewhere. Mm-hmm. It just smells a little, something smells off. I would say those sorts of things don't necessarily have a political party. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but also the other side of it in California is it's not worth complaining about. It's a matter of law. Yeah, you got to do it or not. And do it. yeah, you're yeah. either doing it, or you're not doing it. Most companies are ahead of it. I've been super impressed with companies like Independent that have been turning over their scrapers for years now, repowering almost everything they have. And so they, yeah, this is coming. We need to reinvest in our fleet. We're good to go. Check. Check. Cool. Well, thanks for digging into that. Pat, hopefully uh, that answered your question, my man. Now you can do your research after hearing us talk about it like we know. All right. We'll get one more question here. Let me pull up. Here's a fun one. Uh, this is from Shotcrete Pool Structures. There you cool. go. Uh, they just asked their favorite trip of this past year. And maybe like you can expand it to not one, but what's like a couple of things that like, as you look back to 2021, anything that's like pretty memorable? There were two that were super cool. I would say North Dakota in January with Chell, Angel, and Eric. Mm-hmm. It was just the... The four amigos freezing get worked <laughs> asses off. Yeah, just getting worked yeah, was, in the winter of those North pictures Dakota. Are brutal. And it was it was pretty miserable, pretty cold, but just by far, I think all of us would agree that was some of our best work ever. Mm-hmm. Best work ever. Um, North American Coal, they're a spectacular company. Their reclamation spectacular, equipment program spectacular. Their mines look absolutely beautiful. They're they're a very buttoned up operation. And I go to a lot of mines and you don't really think they're gonna be all that great and they're not all that great. But these are these are beautiful operations. And we went to three of them and the pride their people have mm-hmm. in the operation, how welcoming they were and how friendly and helpful they were. And can we go see that shovel? Oh, yeah. Do you want to ride along in it? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Let's go do it. Um, so that was a that was a really unique one. And I'm going back this month, which I'm very excited about, mm-hmm. and taking Dan and Randy this time around. Oh, fun. Yeah. And Matt. And then um, the Calif- the two weeks in California yeah. was, was super cool. You've talked about that trip a little bit before. Yeah. Um, it, it's neat that when you kind of pick two trips that were pretty memorable, um, the differences between the two. Mm-hmm. I mean, both you, I'm sure, came home like wrung out. I was worked in California, but the North Dakota, I just, there, you get a better quality of work the more miserable you are in a lot of cases. So the most miserable trips I've had oftentimes yield the best work. And there's a moral in there somewhere. But I, that's why I could do North American coal again, but in June when it's beautiful in North Dakota, but I want to go back in January when it's absolutely miserable. Well, and it does give you some nice perspective because uh, all those people working there in January, they work there every day. They're there every day. That's their, and they don't, they don't think twice about it. They don't like, get to leave after a couple of days. And be like, Man, I need to go back to Nashville. Where it's- no. And they're not, I mean, in fairness, they're not running around 
in the cold, well, the, the mechanics are, they're out sure. there welding on buckets and repairing shovels out in the, the elements all day yeah. long. So those guys are, are gnarly and the fuel and lube guys, but, um, yeah, we're just, we're just running around outside the whole time. And it, it, when you're not used to it, it's, it's harsh. That kind of stuff's probably tough to pack for too. Just like, I want to bring, you know, the right layers or coats or whatever, but also you got to be able to like move around and be able to kind of do all the stuff you're going to do when you're there, you know? Yeah. It's, you just pack warm. Yeah. Just assume yeah. every layer you have. The average high, I think is between 10 to 20 degrees. Oof. And that's not with the wind. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, you know, some of the best work, you know, you've ever done was out there and like that whole crew yeah. was, was there in that time. Um, so I think it'd be fun, you know, to kind of, for you to talk about your experience when you take Dan and Randy out there. Um, obviously be a different thing, but, but still, you know, visiting and, and caring for uh, one of our partners. And well, I'm stoked for them to get out there too. Cause seeing it's more of the world and, and, and Matt and I, and even like the middle East, that was probably the most brutal trip I've done. We're, we're embarking on another one next week. It's just gnarly, but you create some really good stuff. Yeah. And I, I like, bringing people out into miserable conditions and just seeing them be miserable because it's good for you. It's being miserable. Builds character. No, it, it, it really is. It's really good for you. Yeah. It really does help prepare you for when life is challenging and miserable, but you can't plan for it and it's not predictable. And that's, I just read this book on risk and it's, you can't, if you're preparing for war when war is at your doorstep, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. And so how do you prepare for basically guaranteed uncertainty? The world is uncertain. You, if you intentionally create discomfort and, and create intentional struggle, then when other discomfort comes your way that you can't pick and choose, you're, you've been there before. And you know how to react. You're not freaking the fuck out. Mm -hmm. You're, oh yeah, I've been here before. Let's get it. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And, and, and that's why like I do some of the physical things I do because it's, I just want to somewhat wear my mind down a little bit because I know that it's not then that that really matters. It's going to be down the road when something brutal happens and I'll be able to say, well, this really fucking sucks. But I've been here before and I know I can do this. There's a lot of value there. Heck yeah, man. So that's why I'm stoked. Stoked. Hope it's extra miserable. Fingers crossed, man. Yeah. And uh, when you're in Saudi Arabia, be you and Angel back together. I think it's been a while since y'all probably gone on a trip together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be a good time. Yeah. I mean… We we spent a lot of time together. <laughs> well, you have, but it's it's been a while. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, but you're the probably the last like Aaron Angel trip you did was when y'all drove. We've added people. I don't know when it was, but it's I mean it's been. We a did, year we, did probably. The, we did the South when he was with us for North American Coal. Mm -hmm. Funny enough, but elsewhere, yeah. I mean, there was a point where I was probably spending more time with him than he was spending with his girlfriend, probably by a pretty. Pretty significant amount. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, y'all lived out of your truck for a month. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's my story. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode of Dirt Talk Monday edition. Cool. Thanks for hitting that stuff. I appreciate everybody tuning in um, to this week's episode. We've gotten some great reviews on Apple Podcasts. If mm-hmm. you like the podcast, go on there. Please review us if you haven't already. Super helpful. If you have questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, send them to dirttalkatbuildit.com. Um, share the podcast. If somebody you work with, Bill, that also runs the D8 right next to you, and there's just nothing good on the radio these days. Well, Bill, let me, me tell, tell you. you. Let me tell you, buddy. Come on down. Yep. Let me show you Dirt Talk. Share it. And with that, we'll see you in the next episode. Stay dirty, everybody. Thanks, y'all.